What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to episode 415 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. If that opening shot is any indication, we are in for one heck of a show. Ladies and gentlemen, to my left, straight from the streets of Baltimore County, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. Sub Watermelon Man. I am the Watermelon Man. It's my favorite fruit, and I wanted to celebrate that today on this special I'm occasion. The I'm <laughs> Willie is the walrus. He is from Will. He is from Willie Sailor. No, he is from Easton, Pennsylvania. He uh, was in Greensboro, North Carolina, and we're happy that he's joining us today. Willie, how are you? Wonderful. I just woke up from like a fourteen-hour nap. Well, good. I'm not kidding. I don't good. think it's called a nap. Look at his. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything over three hours is officially sleep. Sleep. You have, you have engaged your REM cycle. This guy knows more about circadian rhythms than anyone, Daniel Roy. Straight away with Eagle of Freedom and the Bronco of Victory, two and four Denver Broncos. Two in a row now. Two in a row, back to back. Are they the hottest team in football, Kyle? Uh, spot the lie. Yeah. I think so. Over the last two weeks, there has been not a team that has been better than the Denver Broncos. That is measurably At fact. beating teams that the Denver Broncos have played. Especially that. No no teams in the NFL have beaten the teams that the Denver Broncos have beaten the last two weeks. Hottest team in football, bar none. <clears throat> Holy cow, a lot to get to, starting with... Starting with your shirt. What what kind of shirt is that? It's, it's a watermelon. Some... It's a watermelon shirt, and I choose to... Um, it's my favorite fruit, and I like this what shirt. Is... I decided There's... to not wear a shirt with a wrestler or a wrestling team or wrestling brand on it. And it's uh, it's causing quite a stir. It really Understand, is. Understandably so. Uh, it's a very uh, yeah. I like this shirt. Sometimes you just take you just take chances in life, Willie. Okay. Speaking of taking a chance, I don't think it's really taking a chance, but I tried to have an organic segue. Kyle Snyder to Penn State to Nittany Lion Wrestling Club, and a lot of thoughts, a lot of things to discuss about this. One, there's a couple things that that surprised me about just how it played out. Because we heard months and months ago, we may have even talked about this on the show, that Kyle's wife, medical school, going to be looking around, considering other training opportunities based on where she winds up, right? So we knew that an Ohio State departure was possible. Ohio State knew it wasn't some major secret, right, yeah. that this could happen. Um, maybe we didn't talk about it. I don't know. Either way, ir- irrelevant. So we knew this was possible, but then to find out, you know, like last week that he's going to Penn State, whoa, didn't didn't realize it, that the timeline was right now. It seemed like a post-2020 decision that it was going to be. And, you know, based on Kyle's interview with Bader, that is a recent change. Like basically at the World Championships, uh, Kyle's wife was like, hey, just go wherever you think and we'll figure out medical school, right? So uh, that's what happened. And then Kyle now uh, at Penn State. And really the, the thing I was expecting, whether this was the reality or not, was I was expecting Kyle's message to be very much family decision, needed to make a move. I think I can still be successful at the place wherever I wind up. 
And Kyle's message was very much not that. It was like, this is a wrestling decision to get me better at wrestling where I think I can be my absolute best, which I didn't, I didn't expect that. But, but it's more, it's probably more authentic from him in that way, right? That he's, that he's going there. And, um, I have a lot of thoughts about what this means for Kyle, what this means could mean for Penn State, Ohio State, et cetera. But I want to, I want to go to Willie for a little bit first and just get your initial thoughts on the, on the Snyder departure. Well, like you said, back when at the U.S. Open, I had dinner with Brandon Slay, and we were just classic BSing, you know. And he mentioned that this would be a possibility. He's close to Snyder, and he was saying about uh, different medical schools that his wife was applying to, and, and this and that. And he said it was possible that you know Kyle ends up somewhere else at a different training center. Um, now, again, I didn't think it would be that fast, and I didn't think it was going to be Penn State because uh, at the time, to my knowledge, the, the, the medical school she was applying to was, I'm pretty sure it was Maryland and uh, UPenn. And so I thought it might be Penn RTC. Now, I thought Michigan was in the mix there too. I thought I heard them, but either way. I, I, that's not what Slay told me, although that could have been yeah. another one. Um, so... It, 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 I don't know. It turned into something that was like by necessity for his wife, right? And and she was going to medical school. And what the timeline on that was, I didn't know. But his performance in in Kazakhstan, I I think, sort of changed some things, and and not only changed some things, um, maybe for him, but also in our perception of why he was doing it, right? Because it he looked a little different. He looked like he needed another offensive gear. He looked like he needed another uh, 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 to diversify his offense. And he lost to Sharifov. He didn't lose to Sejalayev. If he loses to Sejalayev, we're all like, okay, Sejalayev yeah. is like the GOAT. But he loses to Sharifov. And I think collectively the wrestling world, including pundits like us, including coaches around the country including wrestlers at a high level all went kyle needs to change up a little bit right yeah and so it, it i think collectively in our brains it went from kyle might go to another rtc because of his wife to kyle probably needs to diversify some things and that's that right and it, it, apparently kyle believes that also because getting to the next to topic of the of this situation is the message and the message is pretty sort of not want to say shocking but not what i thought it was going to be and uh so we'll, we'll move on to that right yeah we can go there um daniel roy <clears throat> i think it's <clears throat> always extremely difficult to kind of look yourself in the mirror and say whatever I'm doing is not enough I guess whatever the word that Kyle wants to use and it's especially difficult when you've given you know he started the the post by saying January 1st 2013 right so we're talking about almost seven years where he has been all in on the Buckeyes and so I'm sure it was an extremely difficult conversation to have with Coach Ryan and you know, um, Travell and Jaggers and all the guys there. Uh, but sometimes 
even um, at places where you have had so much success, uh, as Willie said, you need to uh, look somewhere else. So that that's that's kind of my only thing is that um, Kyle's really taking a hard look at, at what he needs to do better, and I'm sure he looked everywhere in the country and settled upon Penn State as the place where he felt that, as he said, uh, the simple truth is I need to get better. And I don't think it's necessarily about beating Sedge Live. I don't think it's necessarily about, you know, sticking it to anybody. Just Kyle has always felt I need to be the best I can be, and that's why he is a three-time World Olympic champ. So I don't know what to think of the Ohio State-Penn State thing other than (laughs) it's the biggest free agent move of the RTC era. It's something we've never seen before. And I kind of hope it's something we see more of. I. I know that, or I I don't know, but I feel that, I feel very strongly that if we're going to continue this professionalized wrestling that we're trying to uh, develop, guys are going to have to move around a lot more. And we will see more of it. We'll, we, we, we will see more of it. Number one, because of life. Yeah. You know? Uh, not, number Well, maybe number one, because of free agency and... and and money and money. sponsorship and right this this club only has this amount of money for this many athletes and um this club has an empty slot so they'll they have some money to pony up uh so number one money number two life you know people have wives and girlfriends and maybe side job opportunities and sponsorship or whatever that may, it may be and to go to another club um and maybe a potential <laughs> transition into a job after that um and uh, yeah, there was a so lot I, of res- a lot of the the discussion after the news broke was about the the loyalty factor, right? Ohio for Kyle to go from Ohio State to unquestionably Ohio State's biggest rival. How different would this be had he gone to a Penn, a Maryland, even a Michigan, Arizona State, yeah. etc.? If he had gone to one of those places. What is the response like to the decision and how much of an added I mean there's there's no doubt this hurts his team. This hurts Ohio State badly. This hurts yeah. the RTC, it hurts the recruiting pitch, it hurt it hurts your upper weights. It's an overall bad thing for Ohio State to lose someone of Kyle Snyder caliber. There's no other explanation, right? There's no yeah. there's no sugarcoating that. That he hurt yeah. Ohio State when he left them. Now is it his? He certainly, and um, I say that not as a saying he did this to hurt them. Of course he didn't. And certainly Kyle Snyder has repaid tenfold his obligation to Ohio State through NCAA's. The guy came out of Olympic red shirt in uh, the middle of 2016, so he could help his team, <clears throat> so he could win that weight at, at 285 when uh, when they needed him. He won. Two world championships, an Olympic, cha- you know, won the Olympics while he was there. So he's more than than held up his end of the bargain. I'm not saying that, but also, it, it undoubtedly it, hurts Ohio State when he leaves. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a smart move. I, I think it's a smart move for Kyle, and I don't know if you want to call it. A, I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous to call it disloyal. I think it's ridiculous to call it selfish. Um, well, it is selfish, but that's okay. His, yeah, yeah. His, his, he is a one-person corporation. 
right? right. I mean, and, he and should the, be his enti- his success is tied up in his decisions, right? Right. So he absolutely should be uh, making selfish decisions. He's, he's a wrestler. All he mm-hmm. needs to worry about is making himself. His profession is being good at wrestling, so he has to make yeah. selfish decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And and look, we all we all recognized it. I mean, everybody recognized it in the way and the mm-hmm. manner he lost to Sharifov, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Snyder is one of the best wrestlers in the world, perhaps the best wrestler in the world. There's only, in our minds, there was only one question. If you know, when you go into a world championships and you say, "There's only really one guy that can beat." Kyle Snyder, mm-hmm. and it's Sejalayev. And then he loses to a guy that you didn't see coming. And in the way he lost, there's nothing. All of us said collectively, Kyle needs to diversify. He needs to evolve. He needs to. And then a month later, he goes to Penn State, who can really evolve him. And some people say, yeah, no kidding. Smart move. And other people say, wow, wow. he really did in Ohio State. No, I'm not. I mean, he's doing it's – the, it's the best, most logical decision for Kyle Snyder. Yeah. It, I don't know how you disagree with that. It's – no, I, I, I don't disagree not with you, that. Not you, people. Right, sure. Um, I mean, I think it comes back to a lot. But I think the, the partner situation has to be a huge factor. I mean, he mentioned Varner. But Varner is just like one of like six incredible partners he would have there. Kale's still rolling. David Taylor, Bo Nickel, Kassar, Nevels. I mean, just the the myriad of bodies that he could go with while at Ohio St- or Penn State is is insane. And that's and, and it's the guys that can give him a variety of feels too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and Gwiz is often in there, and yeah. you know. Uh, I think the I think the one thing that we all see in Kyle if we're, as an area of improvement um, is probably fluidity and who wrestles more loosey goosey than Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now a part part of me is like, well, sure, that's an area of improvement, but like, I don't know, Kyle. I feel like Kyle is who he is to an extent, right? He's not going to be able to do like morph into this like far ankle like wizard now at this stage of his career maybe so but I just feel like stylistically he, he's kind of got his niche carved out right but I do think there's a lot that can I mean I don't know this actually I'm just assuming that there's things that they could work to help him improve different aspects I wonder if they're going to change his because Kyle obviously loves lifting right so I wonder if they're going to change kind of the way and the manner in which he lifts, right? Because when we look at Kyle Snyder, he looks like a beast, right? Whereas when you look at some of the Penn State guys, they're not mm-hmm. built like Snyder, but there's obviously incredible functional wrestling strength. And everybody says Nolf is super strong. Nichols is super strong. They're just kind of these longer-limbed guys mm-hmm. <clears throat> that it doesn't look like that. So I wonder if they're going to kind of – rearrange his body in some ways um, to kind of more match how their other guys are built. I, the The topic of Kyle Snyder's lifting regimen has been frequently discussed, right? It's mm-hmm. been something like, hey, should he lift this much? Cause, and maybe it seems like he lifts more than he does because, like, it's always on Instagram, him going super, super heavy with squats or something like that. Right. And I, I don't know if it 
is or isn't the the right thing for him. But I think I think if you're at a stage where Kyle's at, I'm sure you probably look at everything and factor everything in, right? Like, all right, maybe I do need to look at how much I lift or the way I lift or the strain that puts on my body. I don't know. Um, but certainly his strength is also a big asset of his as well. I'm under the impression, or I was told, that I don't know if it's true, but that Penn State, it's it, lifting's like an optional deal. Really? Yeah. Wow. Whereas mm-hmm. most, you know, most programs they have a lifting component. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure at Penn State, it's it's optional. Like it's not a big part of what they do. Okay. Um, so Stephen Kyle, but what what are, you, what are you thinking, bud? What were your thoughts when you heard the news? Uh, I was pretty surprised, but when you like sit down and think about it, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I think it's just surprising because we saw Kyle like build up this rivalry with Penn State when he was in college. Remember he sent that tweet mm-hmm. about hell coming with him? There's no team he wanted to destroy more. Yes, yes. Uh, and now he joins kind of that team. So um, it's surprising who it is, but at the same time it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Did you guys get a lot of questions about <clears throat> how this move impacts Bo Nichols' weight decision? Because I thought that Bo's between. A, if I'm a, if I'm an RTC, how do you not go after Bo Nickel right now? Yeah, well, because I don't think he's going to wrestle after 2020. I think he's going to do MMA. Mm, maybe. So it's like a one year rental. I feel like you hear that a lot about guys. Yeah, they'll do this at MMA. I've been here Jordan Oliver MMA for so long now. The guys. I really think Bo Nickel's going to do MMA. Yeah, I kind of do too. Kind of do too. But let's talk know. about. <clears throat> Let's talk about the message, though. Hmm. Like, do you find it surprising that he wrote what he did? Well, that was what I was saying. Um, Yeah, I thought it would be family, 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 coded. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can reach my goals here. But it was like, yeah, I mean, I was like, I think it was a, he basically says, it's where I think I can go to get better, no regrets, but this is the path for me to improve in wrestling it. Basically, I've learned what I can learn at Ohio State, and it's time to move on. Yeah, I, th- I mean, to me, I thought it was cr- incredibly, like, <laughs> honest. Yeah. Um, almost surprisingly honest, right? It's like, yeah, everything you say is probably <laughs> true, but, it, I mean, do you think it's shade to Ohio State? No. Or it's just Kyle no being honest? No. I don't – no way. I don't think it's any shit. I mean, I I think it's just honesty. I don't I don't think he threw – I don't think there was any shade towards Ohio State. He said he stood by every decision he had made so far, but it was just time for a change. And this – you know, he'd been there since 2013, I guess, or 20 – That's no, when he, <clears throat> that's when he committed, and, of course, he – his senior year was spent at the Olympic Training Center. So, for all intents and purposes, yes, he's been there for that long. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't read it that way. I don't know how Ohio State took it. I haven't spoken with anyone there about it at this po- at this point. But you know, here's here's where my mind went. It's like just always thinking D one lens. If if Kyle Snyder this year makes the Olympic team, wins the Olympics over Sajilayev, it it is Kale's magnum opus. <laughs> I mean, 
You just took yeah. this guy from the team you probably <clears throat> recruit against the most. You mm-hmm. took their guy who lost to the guy that lost to the guy, right? And then you take him in, a, in six months, less than a year. If you get him to that level, you get him back ahead of Sajalayev again, you are that is that is a trump card that is really really tough to argue with because Kyle Snyder was a trump card for Ohio State against Penn State in terms of World and Olympic success that they they'd been able to have there. Um, oh, the Ohio RTC was always an edge they held over Nittany Lion. Now that is completely flipped. Not be, just because of Kyle either. Um, it's been kind of trending that way the last few years, and now with Zane making two teams and David Taylor is now a world champion and. Um, you know, Bo Nickel, etc. Yeah, there et was a time when there was a time when Ohio State had um, Travell and Kyle and Steber, and you know they kind of put the most. They were the sort of the most consistent RTC, right? Yeah, I mean they had Angel and they had um, Sean Bunch back in the day. Reese Humphrey. There was one year they had five of the seven guys on the team. Yeah, five <laughs> of seven. Which Keith Gavin, JD Bergman. <clears throat> which now there is. A lot of things need to happen, and Olympic trials are extremely difficult. But it is not out of the realm of possibility that Penn State has four of six guys on the team. Yeah. And I have nah, not been critical of Penn State, but just I've always said Penn State completely dominating folk style, and now you're starting to see the shift into freestyle where the guys that they had go through the program are now on the senior level, and so now they're trying to get those guys on, on senior world teams. And... That's kind of terrifying to have two-thirds of an Olympic team. And, again, they still need to go through Olympic trials and have all these things, but they have four guys that are right at near the top of the ladder. Yeah, and the sheer number, right, the sheer number of contenders and the, and the you know, they have, they have world medalist-level international guys, too, with Gomez and Bexod and people coming in and out of there, so... There is sort of a shift to the Nittany Lion Club. And, you know, makes me think about the, these other teams, these other RTCs, wrestling clubs, whatever you want to call them, they, they, need to get, they need to get together a little bit here. They need to start pursuing these athletes because Penn State is not going to stop um, trying to add to their arsenal, right? I mean, they have the best team, Penn State, and they're still – always working to make their situation better. They add the ROTC. They add all these little things, or the, uh, the WCAP program. All this, mm-hmm. all these little things are just adding these little things. We'll take in the, some of the best foreigners. We'll get this guy. Let's get Kyle Snyder. There's always – and where are these other – where's the pursuit from these other teams? Why is no one on the – how did, how did Jaden Cox get, get from Missouri? First of all, how did Jaden Cox get out of Missouri? Second of all, how is – uh, another team not been able to lock him in because I I don't know the situation at at the OTC but I'm sure there's an RTC that would be willing to pay Jaden handsomely for him to just train there right and and I, mm-hmm. there's lots of athletes that I think could potentially fit that bill so I'm I think this is like an a, another shot across the bow against all these other programs like you've got to find a way to get some of these guys here because it's a huge huge it's good for recruiting. It's good for it's good for everything, right? So I, I think this is a reality check for a, a lot of the programs that are just a little bit 
behind and not really going at it. Someone just asked, what's the WCAT program? That is that is the Army world-class athlete program. They had their freestyle guys for a while. Yeah. Um, any Anywho. So, That's what Yoni Mitsu there for a spell. Mm-hmm. Who is one of the cleanest finishing leg attackers I've ever seen. Yes, yes, yes. So that that was another thought I had. Like they've got to th- these other organizations and entities. Man, you're just if you just think, okay, I'll just I'll snag some alums along the way as they graduate, and then that'll be my team. I think you're thinking in the past. Like yes, get those guys. Yes, keep those your your alums. But you also have to have like a a free agency sort of mindset, right? Because these guys can be bought. Well, I think that gets back into the RTC discussion that we had a while ago and where your loyalties lie, where your paycheck lies and what, you know, they're still they're still having to try to catch up to Penn State in terms of trying to win NCAA titles and kind of Penn State is is thinking a lot more senior level now because they feel pretty confident that they have the the tools in the shed to continue to win NCAAs. Um, so it kind of gets back to, to all that and the nature of RTCs and, and where coaches need to spend their time and resources, and it's it's not easy to do, right? Um, and I think, of course, it, it comes back a lot to, to money and what coaches are able to raise. I know that Tom Ryan's raising money and Tom Brand's raising money and all these coaches are raising a lot of money. Um, so, but I think we will see teams start to, I think as Willie said, we will start to see teams go after more of these guys and, Hopefully, well, it creates listen, a healthy uh, economic environment for wrestling. Penn State is sort of in a unique situation, and a new, uh, you know, I'm going to say in a unique situation in what they, which they put themselves. Um, and number one, first and foremost, in their success, because Kyle Snyder can be optimistic and move to Penn State. And, and have this optimism that if the, anybody can make me better, it's them because of the success of the guys in their room. I mean, David Taylor's in their RTC, and he's an organic guy. He went from a Penn State wrestler to a Penn State RTC. Mm-hmm. Bo Nichols, same thing. Um, so it starts with the success in college, and it starts with the development of those guys in college. But also – and you can say what other what other institution has that what other t- institution is producing guys that on the senior level you know Bo Nickel makes a final X David Taylor wins a world title um, Kale is an Olympic champ Varner's an Olympic champ okay there's no other place with that um, and number two the dollars and cents right they got the funding they got a big um, they got a big purse for senior level athletes and not many other do. So I think the first step and it's, you know, the first step is easier said than done is creating success in the upper weights. But probably for the, probably the first step is raising the money and having the funds. You know, if you're an institution, if you're Oklahoma state, say you need to have that, you need to have the kitty to lure these, athletes if you're iowa you need to have the funds there to get senior level athletes uh in there and maybe iowa does have the money i don't know ohio state certainly has the money yeah um which thinking about they've got that money are they now do they get in the 
free agent. They got a lot of cash sitting there that they were going to spend yeah. on Kyle Snyder for the foreseeable future. Who? Yes. Do they get on the phone and say, hey, Jaden Cox, hey, this guy, that guy, come here and train for lots of money? That was brought up to me that the theoretically that opens up your salary cap, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where the money goes. I mean, I'd like. That was to a good see a point, Willie. I was, I was going to say it's no secret. Penn State has more money than everybody else for these RTCs too. Yeah, and some people like to use that as some people like to use that as like a crutch. Well, yeah, they have more money. No, yeah, bro, that's an asset. That's <laughs> that's here. That's here. That's hard work going out and getting them. They did. And it's smart. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't that's, have that when they got there. They, they made yeah. that. Listen, Troy Sunderland, just go back. Rewind in time. It wasn't always like that at Penn State. It, this was built, okay? This was created. It, it wasn't yeah. inalienable. It didn't just – this wasn't like a thing, a part of being at Penn State. You had all these all this money and all these assets and the great wrestlers and the wrestlers wanted to go there. And you're, It had all this stuff before. Penn State was Penn yeah. State. And then Wait. they came in and changed the, the whole game. Yeah, like the low-level wrestling thinkers, when the Kyle Snyder news goes out and you see the comments below, how many low-level wrestling thinkers commented, uh, the rich get richer? No, the smart got richer because that didn't exist before they got there. That Those funds didn't exist before that happened, right? Uh, so it's a part of building something special, and – you know, you either go out, and if you're another program, you go out and you fundraise and you lure these athletes there and um, provide those opportunities, and that becomes an asset not only to your RTC and your aura, but also to your college program, and also as uh, a carrot at the end of the stick to high school recruits. Um, and and yeah, I mean they built it. It's not, it's not just it fell into their lap. Yeah. Okie doke. Um, any further Snyder, Snyder talks? Uh, just, I don't know. It's not specifically about Snyder, but just kind of going back, and I was trying to remember the circumstances of Varner's move because I was racking my brain trying to think of any other thing that had been this big. Yeah, because Kale left in the middle of his career. Well, right, so Varner had another year left. So Varner won his last title. Uh, for KJ, mm -hmm. right? And so 2010 NCAAs, Varner wins. Then at the U.S. Open, you go back and look at the 2010 U.S. Open brackets, he was Nittany Lion WC. So the move was immediate, and he hadn't made a world team yet, and he hadn't won Olympics yet, and his coach was there, so it, it was kind of a logical thing. Whereas Snyder had already won Worlds, had already won the Olympics, had already graduated, and moved without a coach moving. Mm -hmm. So and he's staying with the staff, right? He's it's not like right. Kyle Varner. was coached by Kale, and then right. Kale went to Penn State. Kale's always been there. I just was, and especially given you know Kyle beat Jake and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. S Stephen Kyle, parting thoughts. No, I think we hit every angle. Kyle to Kyle, you're okay <laughs> with this decision? I am. I am. It was a. Uh, it was a classy move, the, the way he announced it and, and honestly put it out there. No monsters were involved, so it was great. <laughs> no monsters. Uh, very good. Okay. 
Do you want to? I know who's number one on the show. You guys are going to talk a lot. Super thirty two. Uh, any any um, high level discussion you want to have there? Or do you just want to save it all for tomorrow's show? Um, I don't know. Um, anything? Well, let's start with this. What did you What did you point out? What did, what, what resonated with you? Because if it resonated with you, then uh, probably that's the that's the broad broader stuff that's interesting to most people. Well, I think um, what what's cool about Super Thirty Two, one is anyone that wins there is just so the 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 landmines you have to navigate to get there. So it's just like an it's just a legitimizing thing that can be you can say Fargo champ and you can say Beast champ and this champ that champ and there's always a little well well Super Thirty Two you want it holy crap. And yeah, that's so, probably the most. That's probably the most overarching thing is that uh, we talk about tournaments being tough all the time. This tournament, there's nothing from, like it. From 186 to 170, guys. I, I, it got better. It got better, and I, I think largely it got better over the. You know, it's been built into this because of their their process of accepting entries. They start. They open it up with, okay, the best can register. And, and they have this system, and they hold they hold some spots out to the end to registrations closed so that in case somebody missed getting in or was second-guessing registering because they had an injury or they thought they were going to be in who's number one or whatever that might be, they can get in at the end. So it makes for these incredible brackets where there's 15 of 20 ranked, and then there's 20 guys that used to be ranked, and then there's 20 guys that are sort of you didn't hear of, but they're lurking on the outside. And so the depth is incredible. And it yeah. just made for the most – it was the toughest It was the toughest bracket. It was the toughest tournament I've ever seen from 6 to 70. Yeah. And thinking about um, – I mean, I think the biggest story coming away is, is Mason Gibson, 8th grader. <laughs> Super 32 champ, 14, and it's it's not a he, he's not a man among boys six pounder. I think he is really strong and physical. His wrestling is really good. He's a really good wrestler. He has a lot of elite skills. And watching him, I was like, is this is this a coming out party kind of thing? Is this going to be a guy? I mean, is he number one on the big board, Willie? Mm-hmm. So number one and, on the big board is he going to be a, a, a an all timer? Is he on a, like a Mark Hall level ascent here? I mean, I think I think you have to look at him as like the next big thing. I have to th- I think you have to look at him as you know the Mark Hall, Dayton Fix, Spencer Lee type guy. I mean, what was incredible to me is a lot of times you see um, these phenoms. And they have one or two things they do, right? These, these junior high phenoms, they come yes. out and they, right? Mason Gibson was going this to this to this to that to this to that. And, like, his offense was so diverse and he was so mm, – he was so adept Chris. at so many things. Mm, it doesn't look like a guy that, you know, a junior high guy that got to the finals by being really good at one or two things. He was yeah. – he was exceptional and he was strong. I thought. I thought for he, he looked undersized, and I mean just stature wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you see the power when he went underhook? I mean, 
he's overpowering as an eighth grader. Yeah, I, I was. I you you just um, said it better than I could. Just the diversity in his offense is really something. He's so he was the standout for me. I think probably for a lot of people. I think Jordan uh, Jordan Williams also is another one. But um, yeah, great tournament. And the kind of the varied representation of schools in the finals and or schools states. that kids are committed to in oh. the finals uh, is what I mean by that. Also states, also states we had you know an Oregon champ, a Florida champ. Those are good things. Uh, so seeing a lot of different schools where kids are committed to win belts, right? You had North Carolina, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech. That nice. seems like a good thing. Right, so um, to and it, and it's cool for those schools to be able to go, hey, <clears throat> hey, college wrestling fans, look at this guy we got coming in, right? Garrett, you know, Purdue wrestling, Garrett Ninehouse, we got mullet power coming in, get fired up, boiler up, even boiler I'm a, I'm up, a yeah. boiler up real quick, boiler elite. <laughs> Katka is a specimen. That's kind yeah. of a scary looking heavyweight, man. Given given the yeah. circumstances and the size of Coppice, that's Super 32 Finals, it's one versus two. Is that one of the greatest matter of turns you've ever seen in high school? Took him to his back. He's something. Uh, yeah. That's that's going to work out all right for – got to be feeling good about that if you're a Hokie fan. So. <laughs> that's right. I mean, Kaka comes – it's 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 surprising, right, that guy comes in number one in the country and sort of is the most impressive guy. Like – I mean, he's wrestled the number two guy in the country, and he pretty much killed him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's real, real good. Uh, so yeah, Super Thirty Two, great tournament as always. Uh, Want to get to? So we're doing yes. our our countdowns, the different teams. Did you like that, Willie? Yes. Okay, Willie likes it. <laughs> Love it when when Willie likes things. Okay. So number 17, you really got to be feeling good about this if you're a Hokie fan because we're about to talk about your team. The Virginia Tech Hokies squad come in 17. If you don't know what we're doing, if you missed last Thursday's show, you should go back and listen to it because we're counting down into the season uh, the top 20 teams. So we did 20, 19, and 18, which was Oklahoma, UNC, and Pitt. Pitt. Thank you. And in that order, I believe. So now we're going to go, I don't know, the next couple here. Starting with number 17, led by Coach Tony Roby, Air Frayer, Jared Hot, and company. Uh, Ty Walls, not Brewer. to be forgotten. Cody Brewer. Yeah, I got to get used to that one. So, Very good staff. Very good staff. High body count with that staff. They're probably still smashing some dudes in that room. <laughs> yes. So let's get to their lineup. So what we do is we go over their lineup, talk about how we think they're going to do, go over their schedule. And whatever. Any potential shakeups there. So here's their team. 125, cutting down Corbin Myers. 33, Colin Girardi. 41, 49, Mitch and Brent Moore. 57, the pride of New Kent, Virginia, BC LaPrade. 165, back at his natural weight, probably, David McFadden. 74, Cody Hughes. 84, Hunter Bolin. 97, Cody Howard. And 285, John Borst. Now, this has, in, in my opinion, they, they've got a guy, they've got a name, they've got a person, a legit dude at every single weight class here. The question is the high upside. They're obviously uh, redshirting, Olympic redshirting, Makai Lewis, 
who was just in Dagestan, I believe. He competed there. Yep. So they won't have him, but I, the reason I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like the move to redshirt Mackay. One, the Olympics are every four years, and you've got a guy that's pretty special. You should probably let him do this. But two, I love that McFadden is going to get in his senior year to go the weight that's his best weight and probably his best opportunity to win a national title. I think it'll be tough with um, Vincenzo. I think Vincenzo is a really tough matchup for, for McFadden specifically, and we've seen that before when they wrestled. But either way, I like that he'll have a shot, right, at a, at a weight he can win where he's probably best suited. But thoughts on uh, Willie on, on the rest of the lineup? Everyone knows big Hunter Bowling guy, Christensburg, Virginia. I think he's going to have a really nice season. Made the scuffle finals last year, losing to um, Shakur, but he beat Lou Dupre, I'm pretty sure. So he's really good, like a lot of their talent. But, Willie, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, I like that uh, – I like that what you call it's coming down. Corbin Myers is coming down to 25, and then – I mean, I think he can be in the mix for AA. I think in the crystal ball thingies, I had him as either a low AA or the uh, or the blood round. So I think he's right in the mix. Um, the next group of guys, I feel like they're all bubble guys. Um, yeah. But I do feel like in a, in a dual setting, yes, it makes for a really good dual team because there's no real easy outs there, right? There's there's gonna they're gonna have a really competitive guy at each weight. Um. But I think as far as NCAA scores go, they will go as far as they can get a sneaker. I'm calling them sneakers. I was hoping. Uh, I was going to call yeah. some Super 32 guys sneakers, but I figured we'd wait. Thank you. We need to make sneakers stick. <laughs> so Agreed. I think, you know, one of the Moore brothers could sneak in. Um, the BC LaProd, I feel like, is probably better than the nation realizes. Yeah. Um and but they're up. But then you get to their upper weights, and their upper weights are phenomenal. With McFadden, um, Bolin, Bolin is a guy that, as a sophomore in high school, everybody was like, saw this flat, these flashes of athleticism and upside, and everybody was going, he's going to be good one day. He's going to be good one day. And then he would take fifth at a tournament that you thought he could win, and then he would take eighth at a major, and you're like. Is he ever going to come around? Is this guy ever going to come around? We thought he'd come around. He's not coming around. And then it took years, and he went to the scuffle last year and was like, oh, okay, we see you. So um, Hunter Bolin, I think he can, you know, he, could he be a finalist? Maybe he could be a finalist, you know. Well, that's how good he is. And, and Cody Howard was kind of a actually the opposite way. Cody Howard was like, having really good tournaments and beating really good guys and but you had for St. Ed's in high school and you had kind of had to wonder like is he really that talented or is he like winning because he's well coached and he's hustling and he has the hustle factor and I, okay so I, I thought Bolin was the guy that was an underachiever with upside and Cody Howard I thought was an overachiever with low upside but Cody Howard had a good year last year and so um, if you're a Hokie fan, you got to feel pretty good about the upper weights and and the the sneaky potential there at 84.97 heavy. Yeah. So let's go to Steve and Kyle. Um, what what are you hearing from from uh, your inside sources there? Uh, you know, what we should keep an eye keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, 
last year it was Hunter Bolin, and mm-hmm. then that worked out pretty well. He was and right. He Jared told me about Makai too. I don't think he obviously predicted an NCAA title, but he was like, "This kid's awesome." Um, but no, it's Cody Howard is the one that I keep hearing about. Uh, just they're really excited for his upside, and the dude works super hard. And then yeah, like Willie said, you can see it in his high school matches. He gas dudes because he wrestled so hard, and he still has that same pace. So they're really excited for uh, him to get on the mat. Seems like a good matchup with him and Jared and the upper weight. Yeah, progress they've had there. I'm I'm still a Boris guy. I think he's uh, I think he's a really talented guy. He's probably gonna be a little small there, but uh, and maybe just holding the holding the spot now for Katka when he invariably comes in. But a um, couple true freshmen. Um, that oh, could, that I've heard could, very good things about Bryce Andonian. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna go, but because um, obviously they're they're pretty solid there, and it'd be just good for him to get a redshirt year. But they they love him so far, and they also yeah, that's what I heard too. Uh, Connor Brady, right? Yep. Yeah, the word <clears throat> at Super Thirty Two was Connor Brady and Andonian, and you never know this, guys. You could have a five-time Fargo champ and get him as a commitment, and he comes in the room, and he might not be all that, or you could get, you know a one-time state placer and he comes in the room and he's amazing you never know what these recruits are going to be but connor brady and andonian from what i heard in the room they're they're panning out early returns are good so and i, I think it makes sense to redshirt those guys with makai out not going to make a serious serious push for probably a trophy this year or anything you know they're ranked 17th currently they're they're going to be good they i think um Really good dual team. Tough to see them. I don't know if they have guys that can like place high apart from McFadden, maybe a Bolin. So I think that's gonna hurt their their trophy or their high individual <coughs> NCAA team finishes. But when you think about next year, when they can add Andonian, Brady, and Makai Lewis into the lineup, and they're only gonna lose, they'll lose Corbin Myers. McFadden, yeah, but they're gonna get. They're going to get Latona for there. Latona's going to be yeah. a horse. Right. Yeah. That's the other. Yeah, he was there too. So they're going to have that guy, Latona, Makai, Brady, and Andonian. They're going to be really, really tough next year. And who knows what they're going to do with Katka. I'm very – this is kind of going to be an interesting transition for Virginia Tech. So um, obviously – Right, you you get a new coach and you always wonder how they're going to do. It. Well, Roby came in; they're still doing just fine. Right, get their national champ. Uh, then they have an excellent recruiting class, as you guys were saying, Latona, Andoni, and Brady. Um, you know, even guys like Mancini and, and Clark are good in the room. And then 2020, you got Kaka coming in, Sam Fisher, Sammy Hilgis, Clayton Orietti, Ventresca. So there's going to be a lot of roster battles over the next few years. They're going to have to be smart with their red shirts and kind of how they. One thing Virginia Tech has always done is um, they they lift really heavy, right? Their guys have, have, have always um, kind of come in and, and filled out and been stronger. So I'm wondering, do they try to grow an Andonian who is maybe Rangy. the tallest guy in the room, right? Do they try to do they try to grow Connor Brady? Do they try to grow Sam Latona into a 33 or even a 41, right? Because Latona has the, the height for it, um, and especially when you got Ventresca coming in. So I'm very curious to kind of see – how their roster plays out over the next few years. And, and as Christian was saying, this year, you know, uh, unless they really start overperforming, 
um, kind of what, what we saw last year, then, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to push for a trophy. But this team can kind of lay the foundation for the next few years. Yes. So, truly a lot to be excited about if you are a Hokie fan. Now, their, their schedule. They'll do the Southeast Open, live on flow, as is CKLV. They'll be at both those. Those are kind of the tournaments they go to. The tech of late has been kind of like, do Vegas, no holiday tournament, and um, then they're off with Big Ten. So dual schedule, Missouri, Northwestern, Ohio State, Cornell, out of conference, uh, Old Dominion, and then they got the a- ACC rigor, UNC, NC State, Pitt, Duke, etc. I say etc., but I think I just named all the teams in the ACC. So etc. does not actually apply. So pretty tough schedule there, uh, as usual, for Virginia Tech. They're always pretty well challenged there. Um, further thoughts on, on the Hokies this year and beyond, any of you? Very bright. Bright future. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to your point about you know what we're talking about with Ohio State, Penn State, and the um, Snyder thing, I'm curious to see how their RTC grows, especially as Mackay mm-hmm. graduates, and obviously that's a ways down the line, but can they expand upon that, that RTC because you assume Brewer's going to keep competing at least for this year. Walls, you know, at least at least one more year, and he's still young. Maybe could he go another four years? Um, so curious to see how the, the RTC plays out and just, uh, again, the, the, the roster battles. Also, one thing I want to point out, we don't necessarily think of Virginia as a power state, and also we know that... Um, I do. <laughs> you do. Um, <laughs> and also they obviously pull a lot from Ohio and PA. They're always recruiting up in Ohio and PA, but they have four starters from Virginia this year, and none of them are remotely close to, um, like, holes in any way. They're all going to yeah. be qualifier level or better. You know, I think I think Girardi can surprise some people this year. Obviously, you talked about Boriston and, and Bowling. He almost beat BC RBY Le- last year at Scuffle. Yes. Yeah, that was that was an insane match. And then uh, BC the Parade's another one. You know, he battled some injuries and and scrapped. They also him, have so. a starter. They also have a starter from Maine, which you don't see often. Could Hughes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was from Maine. But uh. You gotta shout out Maine. Their recruiting, their recruiting classes are great. I mean, Nomad rattled them off, and and uh, they they're, they're gonna have some talent in there, and like he said, some battles. Um, probably expect Latona to go up and have a one-two combo with Vantresca. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, you know, in the middle there, fifty-seven, sixty-five, seventy-four, you're gonna have to spread them out with, uh, you know, Andonian Brady. Ulri, good good problems to have. Could Ulri not get a little bit? Uh, could he enter that kind of upper weight realm? I don't think he should. He is short. short. He is um, no matter advises against the, your growth. Yeah, the, the, the I feel the things that make Clayton good are the things that should kind of keep him around sixty five, seventy four. I don't think he should try to grow into an eighty four. Maybe right. start sixty five, grow into seventy four, but I don't think he should try to get up to. 84. You would have kept Reza Yazdani at 74 kilograms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the Hokies. I am, uh, yes, excited about that team. They're going to be fun for years to come. Good stuff there. Number 16, the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, getting to their lineup. 
Sebastian Rivera, 25, 33, Colin Valdiviez, 41, Alec McKenna, 49, Yaya Thomas, Ryan Deacon, Eric Bilek, Tyler Moreland, Jack Jessen, Lucas Davison, and Jack Hayob rounds out the starters for Coach Storniolo. Good team there. Obviously, uh, Rivera and Deacon lead the way there as two title contenders. I'll say they're bona fide title contenders there. Uh, but they're also guys that you can r- see placing sixth, right? I mean, they literally have, but they also have that title contending talent. I think, you know, Rivera beat Spencer twice last year, so you can't not list him as, a, as someone that could win 125. And then with Deacon, he's kind of like, you know, are we going to get U.S. Open, Ryan Deacon? Or are we going to get Big Tens or NCAAs, Ryan Deacon? Which which one we're going to get? But the fully optimized Ryan Deacon can go with anyone in the weight class. But a struggling Ryan Deacon can lose to some guys and, and play six. So it'll be, you know, I think their team success will – obviously those two guys will play a lot in that. And But also, do they get a breakout? I, I look at someone like – and we've mentioned this guy, Yaya Thomas, what he did at, the, at Junior Worlds caught a lot of eyes. Him making the team caught a lot of eyes to begin with. Mm-hmm. I like Lucas Davison a lot. I like that him at that weight class. I think he's had his his results didn't really they weren't the most inspirational thing for D1 but it, it's just a matter of time this is going to be a top 15 top 10 guy probably by the mm-hmm. turn of the season or turn of the new year I he, he's not ranked currently but it's just a product of one he had some opportunities didn't really take advantage of him two he had limited opportunities right someone I liked coming out was Jack Jessen but his results were not so great um Willie, give it. Give me your thoughts on all the Wildcats. Any Wildcats? <laughs> well, I think all the Wildcats are all wild cards, other than Sebastian <laughs> Rivera. I mean, Sebastian Rivera. I, it, it, look in the Crystal Ball rankings. I had him low, probably lower than people want. I'm just concerned about weight. If his weight is fine, he's going to be a he's going to be a finalist threat. Um, but the rest, the whole rest of the lineup are kind of wild cards. I mean. Deacon, you kind of want to assume he's a title threat, but at times uh, in his college career, for whatever reason, maybe there was a variety of reasons why he didn't reach his full, his highest placing potential. Um, he didn't. So while you want to pencil him in for high placement points, you know, if he places fifth, you're, it's not all that surprising. Um, so I think there's a lot of, fluidity there in in what there's a lot of variance in what this team could be um because sebastian rivera and deacon seem to be the only sure things and the only sure things i mean they might only be fifth places um yeah yaya thomas could be top four he could be a blood round guy uh jack jessen has incredible high school results but i don't think his Freshman year was Mm-mm. that great. I mean, no. Jack Jessen, Jack Jessen, two years ago beat Kirkfleet, tacked him in like a first period. Oh boy. Um, Lucas Davison, I love. He's one guy that I think. Forget about it. He's going to be good. He's yeah. going to be. I, I think he's, he's a gangster. So athletic and talented. I think, I, I think you look at his results last year and. Did he, Did he make the finals of Midlands? Did you say gangster? He's a gangster. He's wow. like like. I didn't know okay, that. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you. When I say I, maybe I shouldn't say gangster in that regard. 
I, 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 what I should say is Christian loves this. He's in a gang. Terminology. Nope. Christian loves this terminology when I use it. He's a lights on guy. So oh boy. I would say, I would say while, while you say his red shirt year results weren't incredibly inspiring, I will say Lucas Davison also knows that he's in red shirt. And when he's at a red shirt, I think his inspiration level will go up. Mm. I, so long so story short, were- I am very optimistic about Luke, Lucas Davison. Long story short, the lights weren't on at Cleveland State Open where he went one and two with losses to Brandon. Is that what Whitman. he did? And he lost to Andrew Davison. His who, brother. That's really his brother? Yes. He really lost to him. He really wrestled him and lost eight to three. They were probably fighting like over the remote or like <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's what real siblings do. They compete against each yeah. other. Yes. They do oh. not, do not forfeit. Oh. Okay. Ooh, shots fired at who? Who did that? Figure it out. Figure it out. You got it, the oh, internet. Um, okay. Anyway, I really believe in him. And so, uh, yeah, I see I see a lot of variance for this team. If they approach top 10 status, not surprised. <clears throat> if they are under 16, which we have them here, not surprised. Yep. Okay. Uh, so they have six sophomores in the starting lineup, which is seems like a lot. Uh, but their their lower weights are where they kind of have more experience, right? Rivera's junior, Valdivia's junior, McKenna's a senior, Deacon's a junior. Um, so kind of gonna need to figure out what what they're doing going forward. Uh, the recruits coming in: Max Mayfield, Frankie Talshahar, David Ferrante, and Jaden Martin. Talshahar has made Ironman finals. He's made Akron finals, um, and you know another guy who has shown flashes of brilliance. Uh, Max Mayfield out of Nebraska, Ferrante out of Illinois. So um, kind of curious to see where they go moving forward. But Deacon and Rivera are going to carry the torch. I'm with Willie, though. I think Davison is going to have a good year. I, I do, too. And then Yaya, uh, we've said it 100 times now, but is Yaya going to make the jump? Is the weight class going to be better for him, right, not, not cutting as much? And if you get four All-Americans, then all of a sudden you – start being a lot more attractive to recruits. And also, and I was talking to, to Jimmy Kennedy about this this weekend, just like cha- changing the message. I love Jimmy Kennedy. Um, he was name. talking to Jimmy du- Kennedy. Double in fact, the finals were the – fi- he was talking to Jimmy Kennedy for about an hour and a half, an hour and a half. <laughs> finals are about to start, and I'm like, <laughs> we're, the broadcast is supposed to start. Nomad, can you please not talk to Jimmy Kennedy for this long? <laughs> Maybe text him later. I don't know. <laughs> He wouldn't get away from Jimmy Kennedy. Loves him. He, he's he's a great guy. Um, but Jimmy said, you know, a lot of what they're they're doing is is um, changing the message of the program. That's not just an elite academic institution. That you can also um, accomplish your wrestling goals there. And so that's why they're really pushing to try to have. You know, obviously they want everybody all American, but I think they have like four guys who really on paper have the opportunity to do so this year. Yes, four. That's how I see it too. So their schedule, CKLV and Midlands, the Kencraft Midlands, which they will host. Which means we could get a double dose of Rivera-Mueller again. Ooh. That would be juicy. Mm -hmm. Their dual schedule, Virginia Tech, UNI, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Yes, I know those are in conference, but I still list them because not every Big Ten team wrestles every Big Ten team, so it's notable. They have a tough dual schedule, tough tournament schedule. They will be tested. 
I hereby declare it. All right. Uh, I want to do want to do one more team, one team, one dream. Let's head to Princeton, New Jersey. The Tigers, Coach Chris Ayers. Go Tigers. So, 125, Pat Glory. 133, Jonathan Gomez. 141, Pat Darcy. 149, Mike D'Angelo. They go back-to-back last names that go D, comma. Okay? That's, that's got to be helpful. Love it. You've got to love it. 157, Quincy Monday, Dale Tiongson, Travis Stefanik, Kevin Parker, Pat Brucky, and Obina Aja. I'm not as familiar with his work. It's Obi. Obi? Yeah. Well, I think his name's Obina, <laughs> based on, you know, what his name is. But, okay, so there's a the team. I think this team's a little, it's a little, it reminds me a lot of Northwestern. You got two guys, uh, Brucky and Glory, that you think should probably can enter the title contending thing, but maybe not. Maybe they're just like kind of good high placers. And then you've got some other guys that like, Maybe they could break out and have really nice years like a Quincy or a Mike D'Angelo, but you don't really, really know. It's like there's little signals, but there's not a ton of evidence. So basically, this is also Northwestern. Very similar teams, very similar upside, potential, a lot of names in the lineup that are good. You know, a guy like Kevin Parker, Travis Stefanik, Tiongson were all solid guys coming out of high school. So good team. Willie, your thoughts on this good team? Oh, I no Kalajic that hurts. Yeah, I, you know what? They had Kalajic on the on the poster to buy tickets. That's just confused that's, me. For they're a just moment. tricking them. They're tricking that's, their own fans. <laughs> uh, Mike D'Angelo, Mike D'Angelo, I think is a guy with upside. Uh, he had a really strong year, some good wins last year um, in redshirt and. I think that will help them. I don't know how deep he can run. I mean, I think he could make a surprise run at the NCAA tournament, but certainly in duels. He's going to be a sneaky kind of, uh, oh, they don't have Klodzik. Okay, still not a layup at 149 because uh, D'Angelo, D'Angelo is solid. Um, so I think they're going to win a lot of duels. I think probably 15 as a duel team. Yeah, I can see it. Um, in the tournament, because the back half of the lineup, 74, 84, 97 is really good. I don't know about Benny Hanna. I, I don't even know. They brought in like a, a, they brought in a bunch of, um, they, they brought in a bunch of heavyweight recruits. They had the super 32 champ from last year. They had an Ohio state champ and, and they're listing Benny Hanna. And I don't even know nothing about him. So it's surprising to me that they're listening to him as I know starter. I'm not I'm not calling him Benny Hanna. Well, I'm sorry. I am for now because I'm gonna be honest with you, that's the first time I've ever seen his name, I think. <laughs> Willie, who once famously said he knew every single wrestler <laughs> on every <laughs> single D one roster. You did say I don't I, every wrestler on every roster. That happened. That Close happened. Huh? I, close to it, I do. No, we stump you all the time. It wasn't close to it. It wasn't close to it. You said hold every. On, hold on. This, this is man, another court reporter situation. He's he's deflecting. This man going? is en- this man's entering his senior year with a total record of eight and nineteen. 
Are you sure that this guy's starting? This is according. This is yes. No, I'm not sure. Of course, I'm not sure. No. This is just what was listed. Um, they brought in. They brought in some big time. Pro, not like I mean. They brought in some really good heavyweight prospects, like several of them. And they very well could be gray shirting. Yeah. They very well could be. But why would you start? Why would you start Benny Hanna? He might be the only 19. one that's left. What do you mean? Uh, anyone that's left? And the guys that they have, the kid from Texas, is probably better than him right now. Christian uh, Araneo's also on the roster. He's something. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, the kid from uh, Jack Del Jarbino is coming in, and so is the kid from Texas. Aiden uh, Connor. I'm Aiden Connor, yeah. Where's he from in Texas? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Not in Texas. Not in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Missed that guy. Hey, fun fact. Do you know that the creator and founder and launcher of Benihana was in fact a wrestler? Wrestled in the Olympics. No kidding. For Japan. Mm-hmm. It's uh, isn't it like Steve Aoki's dad or something? Oh, what? Something remember like that. Remember Steve Aoki yeah. was at Beat the Streets? Yeah, I remember that. And then I had to be like, who the heck is this guy? Everyone really thinks he's famous, and apparently he is. You saw? How, now, how do you know? How do I know what? How do you know Steve Aoki? What what is how, what do you know about him? His music's awesome. What is his music? <laughs> what is his song? His house music. He's he's house music. You listen to house music? Hell yeah. Since when? <laughs> Anyone? All how much time have we spent riding around with Willie Saylor, Daniel Roy, Stephen Kyle, myself? Has he you don't ever? To- hold on. Has he ever, ever, ever played anything even resembling house music in his car? And he's gonna drop it. I do all the time. Do you, what do you, you don't listen to Diplo? Who? You don't listen to Diplo? Diplo. No, I don't know what that is. Nomad. Nomad. I would totally. CP, CP's dating himself here, so I would. I'm fine to date myself. I don't. You know, mind. who's a big house music guy. It's Brock Height. That's not surprising. I believe that. I don't believe you are, but maybe you are. Maybe you don't ever play it though. Yeah, I was right. Hiroyaki Aoki, Steve's dad, was Japanese-born American wrestler who did found Benihana. He qualified for the 1960 Summer Olympics. Uh, he didn't go. He said yeah. no thanks. So okay, so this dude made the Olympics, started Benihana. And gave birth to like one of the most famous whatever music people ever. It's quite a family. Also, starting heavyweight for Prince and Tigers. <laughs> That's, That's a quite. A, that is a trifecta. Uh, okay, enough. Enough of that. All right. Well, hold on. let me do the thing that I've been doing. Uh, <laughs> do the thing you've been doing. Well, That's where I was going. Uh, so, a lot of older guys on this team, right? A lot of guys collecting uh, 401ks here soon. Uh, DRC and D'Angelo and Parker and Obi all seniors, and then uh, Dale Tiongson, Pat Brucky, and Jonathan Gomez all juniors. You guys know I'm a huge Pat Brucky fan. Uh, coming in, they got Anthony Clark, Luke Stout, Nick Masters, Jonathan Myers, and then the aforementioned uh, Kalazic coming off redshirt, as well as Lenny Merkin coming off redshirt. And maybe Sebi the Sloth starts for them also. Who knows? Wow. That would be a huge development. So Sebi? they got they got some guys. Yeah. 
Who's Once Sammy the Sloth? Oh, my. That's way down the rabbit hole. you got to go on Instagram to figure that one out. Yeah, you have to log in. <laughs> I'm surprised they have Monday going 57 again and D'Angelo at 49. I thought D'Angelo was bigger than Quincy Monday. Clearly, I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. Well, he was at 50. He redshirted or whatever they call it, their little workaround situation at a 57, I thought primarily. so. And I thought Monday was a little undersized for 57. So maybe Quincy's been hitting the weights. Maybe so. I don't remember seeing him when we were there. I don't remember seeing him in the weight room. He's not Instagrammed it, so we don't know. Their schedule, Princeton Open and Midlands, Lehigh, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Northwestern, UNC, NC State. As far oh my as out God. Of, right? Out of conference. That's the uh, first weekend in December. And Rutgers. They go, Kyle, give the rundown. What is the date situation with their brutal weekend? Well, they, on a Friday, I think it's in December, but on a Friday they wrestle in historic Gallagher Ibar Arena. And then they will get on a plane and they will return to Princeton, New Jersey, where on Sunday they will wrestle the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wow. And that they also wrestle North Carolina and North Carolina State, I'm pretty sure, in back-to-back days. on Back-to-back back days. 10th and 11th of January. That's really difficult. They, when a lot of coaches say they'll wrestle anyone, anytime, anywhere, these coaches actually mean it. Yeah. And they don't care. They don't care. There's, there's mounting, yeah, one weekend, uh, or at least one weekend a year, um, he hates his team. Hell he, weekend. He, he puts them through some stuff, but they come out better on the other side. True test of mental fortitude. <laughs> Sometimes uh, when you work home and homes <laughs> with Oklahoma State and Iowa, they have to be on the same weekend. Sometimes. I thought it was similar last – they had a weekend like that. They had Iowa-Wisconsin last year. I thought it was tougher than that, but, yeah. So they had a – Pretty tough weekend no, to me. Princeton had a, um Oklahoma State weekend where it was like Oklahoma St- – I remember Glory right wrestling. I'm looking it up. Kalogic wrestled. Oh, they Kalogic wrestled UNC in Oklahoma State. Um, 11th. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of because it was, it was like Caden G. Feller and O'Connor back to back for Kalogic. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. <clears throat> got it. Got it. Got it. Maybe Princeton's it's... just one of those teams, and they were like this last year. That if they're wrestling, you're gonna watch. Yeah. There's gonna like they're a fun team to watch. They're gonna fight for seven minutes and there's always usually like the uh the glory lee match you know in the duel last year and ashnell and claude there's always like some big time matchup like that that they do a good job promoting themselves um they're just you want to watch that team and and i'm glad it's always the case for teams in this rankings range they had a good midlands last year and uh so yeah i was trying to think of the team Lehigh went back-to-back Penn State and Iowa. Nice. Not in the same weekend, but back-to-back. It was their, like, back-to-back matches. Also, uh, Coach uh, Princeton head coach Chris Ayers, his daughter Chloe won Super 32. So congratulations. That's awesome. To the Ayers family for that. Very cool. Oklahoma State last year, it's not that it was a super tough uh, two teams. But they wrestled – I'm making sure of this. Yeah, they wrestled West Virginia at Friday night at 7 p.m. and then wrestled Pitt the next day at noon. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> brutal. He <laughs> made weight twice in, like, I'm not good at math. Less than 24 Joe hours. Smith didn't. 
<laughs> Not just Smith. Yeah, he didn't, and it probably hurt Dayton in that match against Philippi. That was said. That was said. Okay. Now, where are we going uh, here? Do we have questions from friends anywhere? Stephen Kyle? Do we have questions oh, from friends? Yeah, you know what? I didn't do that. <laughs> hey, that makes two of us. I <laughs> hey, didn't do it either. I'll just... Let's so just, just everyone, replies. you know, just get in Twitter and let's just find something. All right, from Bailey Brown. <laughs> he wrote a poem. I'm stalling for you a little bit here, Kyle. All right. Roses are red. O'Toole wrestled great. When will Ben Askren invest in a bank? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what in the same hell? What? I don't know. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't rhyme, which I love. It's slant rhyme. Slant rhyme. You got to give credit for the slant and rhyme, Willie. And, Ben, when are you going to invest in a bank? Listen, or, you think Ben has shoes. no money in banks? He's got some money in a bank somewhere. Don't you think? You think all his money is in crypto, Willie? Yeah, they, he, they probably, UFC probably pays them in, in, in crypto. In, 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 in Litecoin, in Ethereum. No, he's got money in, in the bank. But, yeah, O'Toole did wrestle great. I don't know if we really talked about that that much. All right, the, I'm ready. Big, big Keegan O'Toole fan. Shout out to Keegan. He's going to be awesome. Go ahead, Kyle Bracky. All right, from our man Sam Herring. I'm going to re-ask a question that my man at Dominic Deputy asked in August because I think y'all might have a little more to discuss here. Can Mason Gibson win a Cadet World title next year? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say yes, he can. How about that? Remember, when I read that question, I didn't know who he was because <laughs> I don't know who 7th slash 8th graders are often. It's hard enough for me to know the high school guys, right? Definitely didn't know him then. Willie did know him. Willie said he was on the trajectory. Uh, Willie? Yeah, I thoughts? would say... I would say... <laughs> I listened to... Because he tweeted that. He tweeted the segment of FRL where we where we answered that question before. And I was like, yeah, he's on the same trajectory as Mark Anthony McGowan. I would say that he's past Mark Anthony McGowan's level already. So, can he win a title? Yeah. Hmm. I agree. Um, Brock Desert, who I met. Three count, no biscuit. Yeah. What sport is the best complement to wrestling in your guys' opinion? Football, track, cross country, gymnastics, BJJ, other? What gymnastics. I was going to say gymnastics as well. Think that about, seems to be what I hear, too. Think it's, about being a five-year-old um, boy or girl and learning the okay. incredible – Body control <laughs> and proprioception required to be good, not even like great, just good at gymnastics, and then take that for one to three years and put that in a wrestling room. Do you not think that it will be easier for them to learn difficult skills like shooting leg attacks, which is a hard thing for little children to learn because um, they don't necessarily have a lot of power or body control? Just think about how much easier that becomes. Yes. I think I think it is the number one thing. I don't. I think it's important. I think uh I think gymnastics I think if you were trying to create uh like an awesome wrestler, you would put him in gymnastics at a young age and That's teach him to do to certain do. things and, and by like, you know but like after like fifth grade like after a year, a couple years, you don't need to do that. I, I think I have long thought that wrestling is hand-to-hand -hand combat. I think that, like, judo and karate 
would be important at a young age and help and jujitsu and help uh help you out in, in that regard probably more than I think it's gymnastics too, I think I don't disagree but I think aren't those just like they're so similar it's like it's combat sports combat sports it's like there's not enough of a difference to say it's really a compliment it's almost like in so many ways the same thing right like yeah, I don't know. I would almost throw. I would like separate like co- other combat sports. Like I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all, Willie. I do think they complement well, but it's like I don't know. I don't know if they're different enough. Is what I'm trying to say to think of like another sport. Like I think I'll actually. I'm gonna advocate for cross country in a way here, because yeah, I think cross country is big. Because here's here's why. Not just like the endurance aspect, but literally, he, here's why. Here's how I think it helps you. Like, if you're serious about being good at cross country and you want to be a fast runner, you are basically training your mind and your body to endure the maximum amount of pain you can for three to five Mm -hmm. miles, whatever it is you're racing. Like, and you're just finding yourself putting yourself in that pain threshold, whether it's an eight or nine. It just it just hurts. It is painful. It is not fun. It's really uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not doing well. There's no way you're. You're at least not maximizing your potential, right? So that's why I will, I think cross country is extremely beneficial and I think it's a great way to kind of get to where, because there's nothing harder than wrestling, right? There's nothing tougher than a wrestling practice and what you have to endure there. And I think it can not only raise your cardiovascular level, I think there's incredible mental training with running cross country. Agreed. I think on the, the female side, there are a lot of very successful women's wrestlers who have judo backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, we had Skylar Hattendorf uh, was cadet world team member and also was on, I don't know if they use the term cadet and juniors in judo, but an age level judo team as well. Like this year, she did compete at both world championships. And that's just, you know, an example from the younger ranks. There's a bunch kind of going up through at the senior level as well. Okay. Uh, do you have another question, Kyle? Uh, I have shoot, one. I had one. Go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, Dan. Sean Warner, father of one mm-hmm. Jake Warner, does a Super 32 title or top four finish hold as much weight as Fargo title finish or Ironman title finish? And I think this is a very good question because it kind of touches on a lot of things. Um, I'm going to start because I asked the question. As a whole, Super 32 is tougher because it there's no travel restrictions for states and... Uh, there's no age division breakups. However, so overall, Super 32 as a whole, tougher. However, you have to look at the individual contents of the brackets. A Fargo bracket can be tougher than a Super 32 bracket. An Ironman bracket can be tougher than a Super 32 bracket. So uh, it's just a matter of kind of looking at the individual brackets and who is there. Um, you know, Fargo, you can have graduated seniors, right? Ironman, you have a much smaller concentration of talent. You have 32-man bracket, whereas Super 32, you might have a 190-man bracket to win. So it's just a matter of what what each individual field looks like at your weight. Dion Williams. I was, thought, I was hoping Willie would win okay. that. That's well, something I he felt like I gave, him, I gave him a little space there. To me, I mean, to me, it's totally... Don't ever... Don't ever come at me with a ranking question and say, my kid took sixth at Ironman. My kid took fifth at uh, 
Super 32. To me, the name of the tournament is wholly irrelevant, and what is relevant is the guys he had to beat along the way. Um, now, Peyton Hall is thoroughly established as one of the top wrestlers in the country. He's beaten a lot of ranked guys. He's made a lot of um, high placings where he's beaten ranked guys. But this weekend, he got to the finals by not wrestling one single ranked individual. And there was a lot of ranked individuals there. They got they got knocked off along the way, and Peyton Hall didn't wrestle any of them. So, um, you know, it, it's it's about the individuals you wrestled and beaten, and and not um, not about the name of the tournament. So it's it's a tricky question. Yeah, that's why I'm glad uh, Mr. Warner asked it because I think it is a valuable question for a lot of parents with kids who want to be high level. Dion Williams is Kale the greatest recruiter in wrestling history. I was gonna ask that one. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Next yes. topic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, there's two options. I could Gable. It's, it's him and Gable. Those are the two greatest coaches in NCAA history. And the reason I say I'll actually retract, I don't, and I don't know the recruiting landscape of Iowa wrestling back then. Right. I don't know who they were or weren't getting. Seemed like they were getting a lot. I mean, T Terry Brands didn't start one year for crying out loud. The guy's like one of the best wrestlers ever. They, they just had they had crazy depth. They had amazing roster routes. Jesse Whitmer, right? Guy won that NCAA title. He never started till his senior year. So I don't know how much stuff like that was going on at Iowa. I don't know the recruiting class halls or it was just like all the guys went there and he just developed them at such an insane level. But yeah, I think. I think a lot of that happened. I don't know how good of a recruiter Dan Gable was. I mean, I don't even know how much. Tom Ryan just it. showed up there. Tom Ryan's like, I'm just going to go. That's, he was at right. Syracuse. He's like, I'm going to go. And it was like, I've heard Coach Ryan, I think, tell the story. Maybe it was Gable. Doesn't matter. But like, he didn't even, he just like, he's like, oh, you're here or what? It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was I, like, look, hey, Tom, come here, be a part of the team. Tom was just like, to be my, to reach my maximum potential, I need to go to Iowa. And so he did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would say Dan Gable is a great recruiter. I, I because I don't even know how much emphasis Dan Gable himself put on recruiting. I don't. I don't think he did. Um, and well, certainly, I, he certainly. I think you don't really know that. I think he probably definitely did. Um, they they, they always talk about those I famous stories of him saying, "Oh, if, when a guy didn't commit, he's like, okay, I got to find someone to beat you." It, it's a common theme with Gable is talking about recruiting stories. One of the biggest profound moments in. Terry is him talking it's about good. when yeah. he visits the Brands Brothers with Royce and there's right. holes in the wall there. So I, I don't know where, where that's coming from that you think that. Well, uh, I just think that th – th I mean, things that you said. They're, I mean, they're three deep. They would enter – they'd have their third stringer win a national title. I mean, that were – I just think he trained everybody so much better. Than everybody else, and honestly, where were Terry and Tom going to go differently, right? And 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 that's to a degree you can say that about Kale too. Now Kale has some other attributes you know, in, in the recruiting. I think Kale is one of the best that Kale is one of the best that I've ever seen. Okay, let me finish up this thought first. Iowa has had such great performances and dominance over the years that you don't have to recruit them. There's going to be guys that show up. There's going to be Tom Ryan that show up and say, I want to wrestle for here. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be Tony Ramos who comes to Iowa and makes two finals on 5% scholarship. 
Okay. There's going to be, there's going to be guys that do that. There's going to be guys that go to Penn state. There's going to be Shakur Rashid that goes to Penn state. Um, you know, that doesn't really have a starting spot. Anthony Kassar, you don't know if he's going to start. Uh, there's going to be guys that go to Penn state for less money. We all know that happens, but for kale, I think what kale does that's interesting is he knows he has a great idea what guys are going to work out and what guys aren't. Mm -hmm. I, I think he, I think he chooses a number five over a number three sometimes wisely. I think he gets a number three to commit and, and tells him, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not really all in. I, and I got this other guy. I think might, you know, I'm going to give this guy the money. And so I think Kale's really good at evaluating who the better prospect is. One thing that I've uh, really enjoyed as I've gotten into the recruiting and I, I started um, updating the list last night is when you look down the line and you see if you go every team, right, every like basically every top 30 team and you look at who they have by weight and by grade and who, what recruits they have coming in and then you project their roster going forward, Penn State's roster is the most solid, the most set, the most certain with the most high-level guys through the longest period of time. And you don't do that any other way but recruiting and development. And development is secondary to recruiting because of what Willie said. You find guys who work out, and then, of course, there's stuff you do in the room to make sure they work out. Um, and that's why they're the best. So he's either number one or number two. Because it's either him or Dan Gable, because those are the two best coaches in NCAA history. There's also um, there's also a difference to there's a, there's a secondary level to best recruiter, right? It's it's not hard to be a good recruiter when you're when you're winning eight of nine titles, right? When when mm -hmm. Dan Gable's winning nine of ten titles, so it's it's not hard to be a good recruiter and uh, attract a lot of talent. When you're that good, I mean, <clears throat> Ohio State too. You could you could say, well, Tom Ryan must be a good recruiter because, man, I mean, Ohio State has the best average recruiting class ranking over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, so you could you'd say is Tom Ryan a better recruiter than Kale Sanderson? Um, but there's also another conversation about best recruiter in the sense that. Yeah, maybe they don't get a whole lot of national titles. Maybe they're not winning national titles on his team. But evaluators of talent and getting guys for their school, like I think uh, Frank Beasley is an amazing recruiter. Okay, I think I think Lee Pritz is a I think Lee Pritz is a guy that can go into a living room and and really recruit well. You know, there, there's recruiting from that perspective too, right? To the point of developing guys and recognizing talent, John Smith, right? You take a guy like Preston Weigel, you know, there's a whole bunch of those examples in the, what, 25 years John's been coaching at Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's development, too. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's development. The, that is the hard part of when you're asking who's the best recruiter of all time. They go hand in hand. Because if you spot... Because if you're able to recognize that Preston Weigel is going to be a multiple-time All-American, yeah, yeah, and, and I, that, that's also that's also difficult though because 
it's difficult when you're evaluating um, did is he a good recruiter or did he develop them because we don't know if we don't know if John Smith or or, or, or to your point Chris Dan Gable or Kale Sanders we don't know if they went into their living room and said hey we really need you we really want you we really believe in you or if Preston Weigel said I have aspirations of being a very good college wrestler and Oklahoma State is one of the best programs in the country. I'm going there and I'll go there on 10%. I'll go there at 5%. I, you know, we don't know that information. Yeah. Okay. If the line for Sagalive Cox was set at plus one and a half for Jaden, where are you putting your money? I'm putting it for Jaden. I think Jaden's got a great chance to beat Sagalive. Now, will he go up? If he goes up, can he get by Kyle Snyder? These are things I don't know. But if he does, one and a half, I, I like Jaden. I, I don't think Sajalai have seen anything remotely similar to Jaden in his career, especially this version. You think of the 86 version a couple years back, maybe you say it, but I think he's reached another two or three levels since that time. There, Nomad is in deep thought. He's in pain. Stephen Kyle? I would take Jaden in the points. Yeah. So basically you're saying... If you're taking Jaden in the points, saying, you're saying Jaden's going to win. I am. Because no, Sajalayev doesn't saying, win by one, ever. By definition, you're saying that Jaden either wins or loses by uh, one. one point. Or criteria. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Those are the words I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't. I can't take Jaden to win. I can. I just can't. You I actually mean, can. We looked into it. We talked to Paul, our legal department. He says you actually are within your legal grounds to. If pick you're Jayden. asking me, if you're asking me, can Jaden Cox beat Kyle Snyder? And if Jaden Cox did go to the Olympics next year and beat, I mean, Kyle Snyder, Sedjulayev, if he beat Sedjulayev at the Olympics, would. I'd be surprised. No, I wouldn't. I just don't know if I would pick it right now. It's okay. You pick, and, you, you pick Boltakayev to win in uh, in 2016, too. You love Russia. Yeah. I did not know one of his medical staff was going to poison him. Give him pill, pills See? like it was a Pez dispenser. I did. I didn't know. I wasn't privy of that like, information. I was like, Do you know we, who uh, I think they're going to poison? Boltakayev. Do we have an update on Jane's weight? Any. I word. so um no I think he's gonna he he likes that no one knows he <laughs> likes that Kyle and David he likes to be he, he said he wants to just kind of hover like the boogeyman and they're just gonna worry about him and maybe he'll know all the while I think it'll get out but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just didn't announce it at all like just can we, can we be it, honest about wouldn't it be crazy there's some point Daniel Roy Lobdell, when does he have to announce? Uh, When will he have to register for a thing that says he's going this way? He would have to announce by, like, March 15th. Why? Because he's already qualified for Olympic trials. Okay. So he has to – but he couldn't, like, wait till like, a week before trials? I mean, whenever the trials registration deadline is, which, for God's sakes, should be four months out because – yeah. You no, know, you know you're in. You don't. Um, yeah. Whenever that date is, is when he needs. Is when people will know. I think 
I think he's known the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think he's going down. I do too. And, um, but I don't really care that he won't say it because he doesn't well, have to. Can we right. can we talk about this because it's uber interesting, and, and it's no secret. I mean, it might be it might be not known to the fans, but it's not a secret, and I think it's fascinating. Is that? In circles, it's like, is he going up or is he going down? And people will say, wrestling people, like inside wrestling people, will say, he's going down, he doesn't like David Taylor. I mean, that's what people will tell you. And I go to this guy. Is he going up or he's going down? I think he's going down. He doesn't like David Taylor. I go over here. Is he going up or he's going down? He's going down. Doesn't like David. Doesn't want David to have the spot. And... To that I say, why in the world <laughs> is that the is that the factor? I mean, listen, if it, the goal is to win an Olympic title, what what weight is best for Jaden Cox to win an Olympic title? Well, probably the weight that he doesn't like the guys. No, yeah. that's not the correct answer. <laughs> the correct answer is what will he perform at best? I just think I just find it fascinating. I, I, I think it is fascinating. It is true. And I think that I, th- I think Jaden is just a guy that thinks differently and always has. He's a guy that used to write down the screen names of people that doubted him or said bad things about him or did this or that. He's just like he hangs on to that stuff. And, you know, no matter bygones be bygones, we're teammates and they won a world title together. I think Jaden very much remembers those tweets that David sent about him after he lost at, at Worlds in 2017. I, I, I understand that. I understand that. There's also people that say, you know, don't hold a grudge. I, I just think, well, here's the thing. The biggest factor should be what weight are you going to perform at? If that's 86, that's 86. But don't say it, he's probably going to 86 because he's mad about David's tweets. I mean, that does make that makes zero sense. What if that's the reason, though? <laughs> what okay, if that's I'll legit why he wants to go down? If that if that is the reason, Jaden Cox, if that is the reason, that is not the right reason. The right reason should be what weight will you perform at the best? And the answers might be the same. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the reason. I think it also could be it also could be like we we like conflict we like drama we like when people dislike each other and the run you know what you know what everyone in the world everyone in the world you can lie to yourselves everyone in the world likes drama and conflict and and all these things and so whether they whether it's actually true or not they're building it up in their head that it is like the reason well i this everybody wants it to be the reason because everybody wants there to be this big okay i think that's part of it i I think people are really building it up everybody got on Everybody no, got on Tyler that's not, it's, This is not people building it up. No one even knows. I mean, very few people. Yeah, nobody, this is not openly discussed. I, right? right? I think it is. Well, I think it is no, kind of openly, not openly discussed. discussed. I, don't no, think people, I don't think a lot of fans know about it, number one. And I don't. Jaden is not making this decision based on what the fans want or what the fans are building up. Well, he actually he did, did say I was gonna he say was going to crowdsource it. He did say that. He's like, I should ask the oh, fans. Oh, he did? Yeah, literally after he won Worlds, he's like, I don't know, maybe I should just ask the fans what they think would be better for my legacy. No, you 
<laughs> Jaden, you shouldn't crowdsource it either. You should make it based off what you think is the best for you. But, you know, sometimes a lot of people got on Tyler Berger about I'm coming for Nolf. And we all sort of at the same time said, you probably that's probably not good to say that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but Berger, Berger in his head, I, I understood it. Yeah, like – he had to have something. He had to have that motivation. I'm okay with guys. I'm okay with guys having that motivation and saying stuff, even if to us and the fans it seems not realistic, right? Joe uh, Joe Namath saying he was going to win. Spencer Lee on the field last week saying I was going to oh, yeah. win the national title. Listen, it's highly unlikely that – I was going to win the national title, but Spencer saying that and firing up wow. the crowd and firing highly up unlikely. The it's highly. It's unlikely. not likely. It's not uh, likely. Well, is, well, which is it? Is it highly unlikely or not likely? It's 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 not likely. What percentage chance? I mean, remember. Oh, I don't know. Don't 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 do this. Don't no. like. I think no, he's I saying. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. No, I just what Willie is trying to say is, as of now, Penn State is favored. Okay. Yes. Sure. Not that Iowa is out of the so were the, the Wow. So were the Colts. So were the Colts when. So were the Colts when Namath made that made that prediction. I'm just saying. Sometimes guys, no matter how likely or unlikely it is, they they make predictions to fire themselves up to you know to get everybody in line and to get their head right and to give themselves that motivation. And I don't blame them. I mean. I don't blame him. So I don't know, you know, Jaden Cox is saying 86. I mean, people are saying that Jaden Cox is thinking 86 because he doesn't like David Taylor. And maybe that's that exacerbates his motivation. Another thing that was interesting and that makes me kind of think this may be a dumb reason to think 86 for for um, Jaden. But in Kyle's interview with Bader, mm-hmm. he's like. There's really only a few places I would consider. He's like Penn State or the OTC, which that has Jaden. It's like you're not thinking about going to the. To me, they have an agreed, an agreement. Yep. They tra- they've trained together before. They're trained together to beat the streets. Kyle basically saying I considered the OTC because I would train with Jaden Cox. You're not training with Jaden if he's going your Olympic weight, right? No, no way. So. To me, I feel like there's that's a, that says there's a little underlying conversation. I, I really think he's going down. The rumor mill is that he's not as big as he was. He when he was cutting down to to 97, like that was not an easy thing. 197, that is, that was not an easy thing for him. But I think since getting to the OTC, apparently he weighs out under 200 frequently after practice, which would say okay, someone that's weighing out under 200 could go down. He's not tall. He's, I think we talked about him in the last radio or at some point. It's like he's a guy that just like on camera, he looks so big because he's so, so strong. He's so muscular. But you stand next to him and he is wide and he's thick and he's a strong guy. But he's not like 6'2, 6'3 defensive end looking guy. He's like, you know, 5'10 ish kind of dude. So I don't think 86 is out of the realm. I think, yeah, maybe back in 2017, it was a lot of tough, but. I think he, if you change your body a little bit, he can do it. So I, I do think he's going down. I, I believe that. But, again, it's Jaden Cox, and 
he can he can he can win either way. I I really believe that. I really do. So that's that. So that's worlds. Uh okay. <coughs> Other questions you guys came across. It's 940. Uh, it is 940. I I just really like this one. The last two rants that from you guys were from guys named Joe or Joseph or Joey. So who's going to be the next one? Possible options: Joey Melendez, Joe Grello, Joe Smith. Thoughts? Um. Well, mine was not so. Kyle, no, it's, not, it's not about Joey Silva, sure. but it just inspired it. It did. Stephen Kyle waged war against Joey Gunther. I waged war not against bulldogs. I waged war against the idea that the bulldogs typified no, strength and intimidation. No, you waged war on bulldogs. No, no, Stop didn't. lying. No, I didn't. Yes, you 100% yes, you did. did. Play the court. Play, have the court reporter play back what I said. CP, you don't want I, that. Come I on. love bulldogs. That. I hope you get mauled by a hey, bulldog and you, you try to tell me I got a I'll be the ultimate. I got a DM from um, Brock Wharton's dad. Brock Wharton placed at Flow Nationals last year couple-time West Virginia State champ. He now wrestles for Clarion. Mm-hmm. His father watched the last F- FRL and bought a bulldog and named him Flo. True story. <laughs> no way. I swear, I, I, that's what he told me. <laughs> DM me yet? He, he DM me yesterday. That's great. Well, that's awesome. I love bull- – again, I said you I would don't. own a bulldog. I love bulldogs. Oh, you don't love bulldogs. You don't. Here we go. You don't love bulldogs. They're fat and docile. I like you that said, in a dog. I don't want some crazy. Wow, is this dog gonna maul my child? No, I want a fat one that's just just looking for some, you know, deli meat. That's no, what I, I like, like for a little, in a dog. Like a little edge to my dog that could potentially attack my child. But to, to, I like that element of danger when I get home. How's, how's my kid? Uh, no. So who's the next Joey? That's the real, that's the actual question. Who's the next Joey? Um, I don't know. It feels like jo- there could be a Joe Smith-inspired rant. Yeah. Something about Joe Smith could inspire a rant. If if he comes out and he starts wrestling at like 84 to start the season, I could feel that that could that could really give birth to a good rant. I don't know. Any any other Joey thoughts there? No, I think I don't you're see right. how Joey the, Melendez could get of me the fired ones up. listed. I think he's probably the best bet. We're like just telling him to go down a weight or something. And I would say a Joseph, a Joe, or a Joey—they're all—they're all on the table mm-hmm. to inspire a good rant. Um, okay. Any other questions before we go at nine forty-three, ten forty-three? And I think it's yeah. I think it's time. It's time. Yeah. Hey, keto update. Hold on. Hold on. Keto, Mister Keto, Bracky, huh. did you get a load of this? He broke keto for chicken nuggets, but. He oh, wouldn't I, a I, week before. Hey, I get it. He wouldn't uphold a promise he made to America yep. on the record. All right, let's 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 run. Th- this is how we're gonna close the show. Let's run through what happened in Super Thirty Two. I heard you, you were sauce mad, Andrews. Yeah. I was sauce mad. Andrews Bay <laughs> said, <laughs> he "Hey, serious. I'm gonna run to Chick Fil A and gonna get some stuff for the crew." And John Michael Zach went with him, and that was all fine and well because Chick Fil A is a fine uh, meal to have when you're covering a wrestling tournament. Fantastic. And he yeah. comes back, and there's a bag of sandwiches, and then a whole six thousand chicken nuggets. And I go in, and there's a bag of sauces, and there is everything under the sun. There is teriyaki and honey mustard and ranch and some other nonsense that I had never seen before. And at this point, there was one <laughs> single Chick Fil A sauce left, and 
I went <laughs> off on Spay, and he's like, "What? I don't go to I don't go to Chick Fil A. I don't know. I'm like, you don't have to go to Chick Fil A to know that you get the freaking Chick Fil A sauce, and you will not admit that this was a terrible, terrible decision on his part. He was go to Chick Fil A, get the Chick Fil A sauce. Anyone who doesn't, I don't trust you. You know what? After no. hearing what happened, I'm Team Nomad on this. Yeah, I Nomad I, was incensed. What he was sort not, of monster? There was, <laughs> was no. It was not a smile. It was as if he was um, betrayed. Having a discussion about freestyle versus folk or <laughs> non-criteria and overtime. He was seriously ticked off. Wow. He as you should be. That's a crime. And it's like the most spay thing ever to not realize that he just and, committed listen, war crimes by doing Yeah. That. You have to you have to understand the situation. At no time in Iowa, who's number one? Was I under the gun and didn't have time to? I was hungry and I was forced to eat something. So I wasn't breaking keto. There was no, I wasn't breaking keto when you I was. You made a Iowa. promise to America. Doesn't matter. Hold on. However, well, I made after... a promise. I, in in you were Greensboro, under the gun of your word. That's where, how you were under the just gun. Just apologize. Just apologize. Sorry, sorry, I didn't eat Casey's pizza. Thank you. Okay, the reason you should apologize is because immediately after eating that, you go, I need some freaking bread. <laughs> I feel amazing now. Yep. Give me more bread. Yeah, but I didn't have it. Yeah, but I didn't have it. I and know, but also, your body's first reaction, was, your mind's first reaction to your body intaking bread was, I need more bread. More. I hadn't eaten anything all day. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I ate four or five lightly breaded nuggets. They weren't like McDonald's nuggets that are all filler. They're these like chunks of chicken that have light breading on them. And I ate a couple of them. It wasn't like I broke, uh, yeah, I had a bowl of pasta. Anyways, you broke it for the nugs, not for the people. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. At the dishonest, the disloyal, the betrayed. It's a general store. At this point, at this point, I'll just keep not eating Casey's pizza just to fire you guys. We up. know you were. We no. We said I'm this. Glad. We, I'm glad I didn't no, have we Casey's said, pizza. I'm we glad. predicted this. We said he's not going to eat it. Yep. He's not going to do it. It's going to be another thing he says he's going to do. Not going to do the half marathon. The this. The that. The polar plunge. Just another thing he says he's going to do. He doesn't do. Here we go again. I hope. How about one time? The good part you of this somehow is that get I don't lost. break keto. No, forget that. Screw keto. Wow. I hope Screw one keto. time. You are you just get lost in the wilderness in Iowa somehow. I don't know. Your car breaks down in the middle of nowhere. Love it. You have to walk three days to get to a Casey's general store and you finally come up then to I the Casey's and the only thing they have to eat is pizza. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my god, I need anything in my in my stomach right okay. now, like or I'm gonna die and they're like, No. No <laughs> Casey's pizza for <laughs> you. And then he dies in the gas <laughs> <Yeah>. station. <laughs> you're dead. Me and That's Kyle's was, dream come true. Me and Brecky almost died in a gas station one time. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in Oklahoma. You can tell that story real quick. We have before. Well, and I don't remember you almost dying in an Oklahoma gas station. We tried to – We neither of us had change to go through the tolls, so we tried to take away that was not tolls, <laughs> and we almost ran out of gas. And then we ended up the, in a legitimate ghost town. The, <laughs> I, there was no humans in this like, town. We pull up to the gas station, and uh, we were paying at the pump. But we were trying to go into the gas station. There was a sign that said they'd be back in ten minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a great sign. And not not only that, but this gas station was at the literal end. Like beyond the gas station was dirt road. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like it was just there was nothing. Where, where was the near death? Just because you almost ran out of gas. Yeah, we're in, a in ghost the town. middle of a ghost town in Oklahoma. Dang. 
Well, we're glad you're okay. Caleb Blakeman, we're ready to go. Thank you for your patience. FRL is now two hours, so. FRL. Just, uh, we have slowly been moving FRL from an Wait till D1 starts. The only thing that's going to shorten the episodes is when we go, if we go, when we do go, five days a week. Five to seven days a week. Five to seven days a week. Who knows? We say it'll shorten. shorten it. It might not shorten it because we're going to we have different personnel. Just so you know, there, there's momentum for the five days a week thing. I think it's going to happen. My goal is to have it by the time D1 season rolls around, which is November. So that's my goal. It's an internal goal. Something I'm going to shoot for. I think you guys are excited about it. I'm excited about it. We're excited because this is 415 down, 415 to go, maybe more. Who knows? We'll be back Thursday, two days from now. So we hope that you will join us once again. Thanks so much for listening. Big things going on. It's almost D1 season. I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in two days. Thank you.